Let's open in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us together today, that we may come and lift our voices to you in praise, to learn from each other how you work in each of our lives individually, to learn from your word and how to incorporate that into our lives. Lord, and to see how it already is because you work in our lives every day. So Lord, we invite in the Holy Spirit and we ask that our hearts be open and our, and our heads be clear as we listen to the message today. This we ask in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, we also want to welcome uh, Robert, who will be filling the pulpit, well, bringing us our message. He isn't coming up here, uh, <laughs> but he'll be bringing us our message today, so we know it'll be special, and we know it'll be from the heart. So, let's worship our Lord. Good morning. What is joy? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Some people think that Christians should always be smiling and happy, and something is wrong if, it's, if they aren't um, smiling and happy. But it isn't necessarily true. Jesus stood beside the tomb of his friend Lazarus, and we read that Jesus wept. The shortest version or verse in the Bible, by the way. As he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept because of its spiritual blindness and guilt. He knelt in the Garden of Gethsemane and was in agony, and he sweat, or his sweat became like drops of blood. Don't confuse happiness with joy. Happiness comes from happenings in our circumstances. Joy wells up within our souls as we learn about Christ. Joy does not mean that we are never sad or that we are never crying. But joy is quite confidence, a state of inner peace that comes from God. Life's troubles will rob us of happiness, but they can never rob us of the joy that God gives us as we turn in faith to him and seek his face. And the hope for today, the world doesn't need believers to put on their happy faces to prove that their faith is real. True joy radiates within and makes its presence known regardless of our circumstances. Let's be more concerned with the authenticity than appearances.
Testament today, and we are reading Psalm 3. Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no help in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory, and the one who lifts my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around me. Arise, O Lord, and save me, O my God, for you have struck all of my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord, and your blessing is upon your people. And now, can we say the Our Father together, the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf. And he did not, not enter heaven to offer himself again and again, like the high priest here on earth, 
who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal. If that had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and again, ever since the world began. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment, so also Christ died once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who eagerly are awaiting him. Take your bulletin or watch the board. We'll have a responsive reading. <laughs> God of life, we praise you for your abiding presence. From generation to generation, blessing your people. Strengthening us to, to lives of service, empowering us to witness. Hear the prayers we offer on behalf of your creation. Grant that as we, are, as we serve you now on earth, so we may one day rejoice with all the saints in your kingdom of light and peace. Today we honor our veterans, worthy men and women who gave their best when they were called upon to serve and protect their country. We pray that you will bless them, Lord, for their unselfish service to the continual struggle to preserve our freedoms and our safety and our country's heritage for all of us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Let us pray. Lord, all belongs to you. And Lord, you also have called many times, many people to serve in the military and we are about to hit our veterans day and lord we we want to honor these honor all who has served those who have died and remember that they too were serving you lord they served they gave of their lives they gave of their time and of their talents. Lords, and you call for all of us to give back of our talents and our capabilities and our gifts. So Lord, we ask that what we give today be blessed by you and that we are given the wisdom to use it wisely. This we ask in Jesus' name, amen. If you rise for the doxology. someone like to lay their hands on him? Lord, we thank you for Andrew. 
commit him to your care. That you'd take him safely, bring him home safely. That you'd use him where you'd take him, that he would know your grace and your mercy, that your love would shine through him. In Jesus' name, thank you. We heard Psalm 3 read, and in that psalm is David's lament, lament about his condition, that he's in big trouble. The people that have uh, increased to trouble him. It's a kind of a progression in this psalm. There's only eight verses of it. And the first he describes his problem. There are people who have risen up against him. And the worst of them is saying there's no help for him in God. So they're trying to discourage him by lying. And then he takes the offensive and he says, Lord, you're a shield for me. My glory, the one who lifts my head. And that I cried to the Lord and he heard me. We need to remember that when we cry to the Lord, he hears. There are some things that can interfere with that. But for the most part, if our hearts are right with him and we cry to him, he does hear. So he laid down and slept. He was convinced now that God is in charge. He's able to do what needs to be done. So he's able to sleep and he woke up refreshed. And he said, I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people who have set themselves against me all around. That's a little much, isn't it? To stand among 10,000 and not be afraid, not be worried. I guess just seeing 10,000 people, you know God was there. And finally then, the last of it is the resolution that God took care of his enemies. So Psalm 30, or 143 has some similarities. It's uh, longer, it's 12 verses. And I'd like to read that to you. Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness, answer me. And in your righteousness, do not enter into judgment with your servant, for in your sight no one living is righteous. For the enemy has persecuted my soul, he has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me dwell in darkness like those who have long been dead. Therefore my spirit is overwhelmed within me, my heart within me is distressed. I remember the days of old, I meditate on all your works. I muse on the work of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Answer me speedily, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me like these, lest I be like those who go down into the pit. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies, and you I take shelter. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God, your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake. For your righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of trouble. And in your mercy, cut off my enemies and destroy all those who afflict my soul, for I am your servant. He starts by saying, hear my prayer. We need to understand and believe that when we pray, God hears. If I regard iniquity in my heart, he won't hear. 
But when I come before him, my first prayer is to get cleaned up and confess any sins I might have, any things that are blocking my communication with him. If I pray, pray amiss, if I pray for, pray for something that's not good in for me to have or to do at that time or any time, he's not going to answer that prayer. But if you look at the Lord's Prayer, it's a daily thing that you get up every morning and really it's your job to get yourself prepared for the day. If you work somewhere, you have to get prepared for that. If you're going to just live a life as a child of the Lord, you need to prepare for that as well. Because we are under attack. We do have enemies. There are many. And their greatest cry against us is, your God can't do anything for you. What, what kind of a God do you think you have? Who, have you ever seen him? And we say, no, we've never seen God, but we've seen what he does. We've never seen the wind, but we see what it does. And we don't have any trouble believing in both. Huh. So he says, do not enter into judgment with your servant. You don't want to stand in front of God and debate whether he, who's righteous. There is no man living in that has a righteousness about him of his own. We are righteous through the blood of our Savior, Jesus. And all of our own righteousness is as filthy rags. The enemy persecuted my soul. They crushed my life to the ground and made me dwell in darkness. Does that sound familiar? That you feel persecuted, that you feel like you're crushed, and that you're in darkness. You don't know where to turn, you can't see. And he says, my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart is distressed. You're crushed, you're in the dark. You're overwhelmed, you're distressed. That's not an uncommon place to find yourself from time to time. As the world turns and things grow worse in the eyes of all of us who are looking, it's harder even now. But yet we look forward with eager anticipation for the sons of God to be revealed and for the earth to get out from under its travail and become what it was meant to be. We don't know when, but we know it's soon. It was soon in the day of Paul for him because then he died. And it would be soon for us. And we may meet him in the air. We don't know. We don't want to know, do we? I think we should be surprised. But we should be ready and surprised. He remembers the days of old. If you've forgotten what God has done for you, and you think, well, you know, I'm in a mess now and he's not doing anything about it. And his time is not necessarily our time. But when you look back, I can see places where God saved me from something. I can see places where he turned me in a different direction, where he reproved me and corrected me. I can see where he allowed affliction to come upon me. And I can see places where he took affliction off of me. How many times did he save me that I didn't notice? How many cars came that close to taking my life that I didn't see? How many times did I nearly fall and didn't? How many times did I fall? I think I mentioned to my Sunday school class last week that I fell on my head. Fifty years ago, this last Halloween. And uh, one week after that, I met my wife. Of course, she wasn't my wife then. But there she sits, 50 years, and looks younger now than she did then. So he meditates on all God's works. He muses on the works of his hands. 
and he spreads his hands out to him. You know, this is the natural position of worship and praise, is to lift your arms up. You look at kids at a concert, what are they doing? Every hand is up. What are they worshiping? I don't know. But I know that it's good to raise your hands to the Lord. It's a picture in your own life of your submission to him and your willingness to let it be known. So he spreads out his hands. His soul longs for him like a thirsty land. And he asks him to answer speedily. Maybe he doesn't have a horse standing on his foot, but he thinks he needs a quick answer. And so we need to understand that while our prayer may not be answered, it's not because it wasn't heard, it's because it's not time. Corey Ten Boom at the train with her father. Remember the story? And she needed a ticket. She said, Father, what about my ticket? And he said to her, you'll get it when the train is here and it's time for you to have it. But don't worry, you'll get it. You'll be provided for And that's God's promise to you. He's going to provide for you in whatever situation, even in Saudi Arabia or wherever at the ends of the earth you wind up. His hand is there for you. His ear is open to you. And his power is not diminished. And he knows what to do. He knows what not to do. He's all-knowing. He's all-present. He's all-powerful. He's all-good. Cause me to hear your love and kindness in the morning. That kind of made me think. I, I would have thought it would say, cause me to see your loving kindness. Because isn't loving kindness deed kinds of things? That he did this for me, he did that for me, he provided bread in the wilderness of the manna. And as I pondered that, I began reading my psalms for the day, which I have a system of reading psalms five a day, and by, by the end of the month you read all 150 of them. So I read my five psalms, and I, I read aloud because that involves one more sense. I see it, and I also hear it. So it came to me that I'm hearing his loving kindness and what I'm reading. When I read a psalm and it mentions God, and they all mention God in one way or another, it's a message from God to me that I'm hearing and seeing that he's a loving kindness God, that he loves me, he knows me. I'm not just one of his sheep that he doesn't know. I'm not a number, I'm a name, I'm a face. I'm created in his image, as are you, and after his likeness. But we can tell one another. I see Bill, I recognize him. God recognizes us too, wherever we are, whatever we do. He says, to deliver me from my enemies, and in you I take shelter. Who are your enemies? Do you have enemies that you know about? Well, we have enemies that we don't know about. We know that we're in a warfare. We know that there is an army arrayed against us that we can't see. And we also know that there's an army that the Lord is going to raise up to defeat that army. So we need to be delivered from our enemies. We need to be kept from them. We need to put on the whole armor of God and protect ourselves and not be foolish, but be prepared. Bonnie asked the question, what is joy? The joy of the Lord is my strength. 
When he rejoices in me, I'm strong. And his joy is great for those who honor him, those who follow his ways. Teach me to do your will. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Revive me. Have you been revived lately? Do you need to be revived? Every morning I need to be revived. I wake up and I face the day and I say, what, another one? It used to be that I'd just jump up and run out and get busy. Now I get up and sit around a bit and then sort of get busy. <laughs> and things changed. Why didn't I know about this 40 years ago? In your mercy, cut off my enemies and destroy those who afflict my soul. So in these 12 verses, David has the, the temerity to ask of God 15 different things. <laughs> it's amazing to me. He, he petitions him to hear him, to answer him, to not judge him, to answer him speedily and not hide from him, to hear his loving kindness, to know how I should walk, to be delivered from his enemies, to be taught to do his will, to be led in the land of uprightness. He's asked to be revived and to bring his soul out of trouble, cut off his enemies and destroy those who afflict his soul. Amazing thing. God doesn't get tired of us asking him for things. He doesn't grow weary of us. We don't really have anything to give him that he doesn't already know. You know, we didn't come up with something and say, God, have you heard about this? <laughs> yeah, he heard about it. So I want to read something from a commentary of Matthew Henry about this business of hearing God's loving kindness. He entreats God's favor. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. He cannot but think that God has a kindness for him which he does, that he has some kind things to say to them, to him, to you too. Some good words and comfortable words, but the present hurry of his affairs and tumult of his spirits drown those pleasing whispers, and therefore he begs, Lord, do not only speak kindly to me, but cause me to hear it. You know, he speaks in a small, still voice, I've never heard the voice of the Lord in a manner that I could say I heard God speak. I can say that God directed me. I can say it looks like God would want me to say this. But I haven't had that terrible pleasure to hear God's voice. But God speaks to us by his word and by his providence. And in both we should desire and endeavor to hear his loving kindness, that we may set that always before us. Cause me to hear it in the morning. Every morning let my waking thoughts be of God's loving kindness, that the sweet relish of that may abide upon my spirit all the day long. His plea is, for in you do I trust, and in you only. I look not for comfort in any other. God's goodness is commonly wrought for those who trust in him 
who by faith draw it out. God's goodness comes by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is that thing by which we step out into the unknown because we're called there. Faith is as simple as turning the switch on the light and believing it'll work. And believing God's word is the faith by which we're equipped to do his word. You know, sometimes he says, hear me, and don't, don't turn from me, don't hide yourself from me. Does it feel sometimes in your life like God is hidden, that he's, that he's just disappeared? If you feel like you're separated from God, maybe it's you who's moved. It's easy to do. We get discouraged. We get angry. We get jealous. We get hungry for something else. We just get tired. And we need to be revived and we need to be encouraged and we need to know that he's near. Isaiah 54, For a mere moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. With a little wrath I have hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting kindness, I will have mercy on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. We have times that are hard, that we don't know where is God. Why am I having this trouble? What am I going to do? Well, he gives answers when you need answers, and when you don't need them, he doesn't give them. And he's, he's patient, much more patient than we are. Our, our idea of patience is to say, well, now? Now can I have it? Now? How about now? Okay, wait five more seconds. And God's idea is to bring it at the right time. So that it's a perfect fit. Lamentations 3. You ever read Lamentations? It doesn't sound like a book you want to go to, does it? It follows a kind of a tough book. But it's got into some good things, and this is one of them. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I had thought at this point maybe we would sing a cappella a song, but I've chickened in and out, because I'm not sure you know it, and I didn't give you the words, but I'll tell you the words. It's a song you ought to know. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. New every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. Great is your faithfulness. I'm going to pray for you and for me and for us, for our church. And I'm going to pattern it after the 23rd Psalm. I'm going to change the pronouns so that it becomes a personal prayer between me and you and our Lord. Lord, you are our shepherd. We shall not want. You make us to lie down in green pastures. You lead us beside the still waters. You restore our souls 
you lead us in the paths of righteousness for the sake of your name. Yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for you are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. You prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You anoint my, our heads with oil, our cups run over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. The Lord bless each of you. this lesson today and it is just one message that is clear is to trust in you that you answer prayers and you answer them in your time at the right time for us to hear them and to know what to do lord we tend to be an impatient group but let us grow our patience let us grow our faith and let us know that you're always there this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I be with us till we meet again.
in peace.